0: Good to be in the house of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Shall we look into the scriptures? Matthew chapter 9. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to read from verses 2 to 8. Matthew chapter 9, verses 2 to 8. Amen. Father, we are grateful to you for your word. We pray that you will speak into our lives. Release grace and anointing in this place that will pro- make the proclamation of your word effective. In Jesus' name, we take victory. Every resistance to the preaching of God's word, every resistance to the manifestation of God's power in the lives of God's people, every critical spirit be stilled in Jesus' name, and we take victory. To Christ be the glory. In Jesus' name, Amen. Please be seated. Praise the Lord. Today's message is titled, Cheer Up Your Pardoned. Cheer Up Your Pardoned. Praise the Lord. What are friends for? Have you ever heard that statement? What are friends for? When we live in this world, we are surrounded by friends, sometimes many, sometimes few, at times none. When people come up to me and say I have no friends, I ask them, are you friendly? When people come up to me and tell me that everybody around them is bad, I look at them and I wonder, What are they looking at? Praise the Lord. Friends that surround us who make a difference in our lives. Friends who are willing to go on limb for us. We all want friends that will go beyond the call of duty for us. But we need to check and ask ourselves, have we been that friend? Here the Bible, this particular passage opens up. With a man that is being carried by four friends or four fellows. They are bringing this man to Jesus because they realize that only Jesus can make a difference in his life. And so, as they bring him in, carrying probably on a stretcher, we see that they find, as it's recorded in three of the four Gospels Matthew, Mark, and Luke. When you study them together, you realize that when these guys came, Jesus was surrounded by a crowd and they could not, they did not have access to him. But that did not stop these guys. They were movers and shakers. They were not simply doormen, but they were movers and shakers they went out of their way in carrying their immobile or paralytic friend. But when they did see that there was a an hindrance and a hurdle around Jesus, they did not call it quits. They were go-getters. Turn to your neighbor and say, be a go-getter. Yeah, we all like to be go-getter for ourselves. Praise the Lord. We like to go and get stuff for ourselves, but here they were go-getters for someone else. Praise the Lord. And that's what we see throughout the scripture. God wants us to be go-getters, not just for ourselves, but for others also. Praise the Lord. Jesus was a go-getter. Jesus went to the extreme, not just for himself, but for others, praise the Lord, and to do the will of the Father. So these go-getters would not take a no for an answer. They looked at the hurdle around them, and they decided, well, if we're not gonna have a passage through this crowd, we're gonna have a passage over this crowd, praise the Lord. That's the kind of attitude we ought to be armed with. Praise the Lord. When hurdles stands before us and we cannot cut through the hurdles, praise God. People who have faith, they are people who look for a way. If you can't cut a path, they decided they're going to cut a path over the crowd. And that's what they did. So we see that all of a sudden Jesus is sitting in his house and he's And he's teaching on all of a sudden there is a commotion overhead. And Jesus looks up and sees these four guys, you know, bringing a fellow or a stretcher coming down right in front of Jesus. These guys had some guts. We don't know whose house it is, right? Obviously, it's not their house, but it was someone's house. And these guys decided they're going to remove the roof and bring this fellow down to Jesus, praise the Lord. Jesus looks at them and he's impressed by their faith. And then all of a sudden right in front of him is a man who is paralytic, who cannot move, who cannot move an inch. Jesus looks at him and what does Jesus see? Jesus looks at him and he makes a statement. Cheer up, dude. Your sins are forgiven. Wow. Cheer up. Your sins are forgiven. Now, just think for a moment. If it was us on that stretcher or a bed, how would we feel? All these guys, there's a crowd. And instead of being empathetic, sympathizing with his plight, Jesus looks at him and says, Cheer up, your sins are forgiven. Many of us today will be offended by this statement. Whether we are the fellow on the bed or we are just simply onlookers we are come to a we live in a culture where people don't like to say things that will make others uncomfortable yeah we don't like to say things that make people uncomfortable we rather leave them in their misery Looking at someone and talking to them about their sin is very uncomfortable. So what do we do? We leave them alone. We come up with this rational, to eat is whole. Is that what you like? That's your life, you do it. But wait, you're you're going down straight into the pit. But that's your life, is that what you like? That's your life, that's the rational that we have now. We would not do anything to push him out of that way of where he's going into. But Jesus was different. And Jesus wants us to be people who emulate him. Mind you, Jesus did not look down on the fellow and says, you deserve it. No, Jesus didn't say that. He called him son. Be of good cheer. And I say, cheer up. Your sins are forgiven. In other words, not rubbing the sins and putting it under the carpet, but addressing the fact and telling him, listen, there is something that needs to be checked here. Yeah. Everyone that is looking can see his physical plight but Jesus looks inside of this man and sees his spiritual plight. Can you imagine these four guys who brought them to Jesus? What goes through their mind? They must be thinking like, man, always only using spiritual jargon. Can't you just see that this man is, it needs a touch from you? We didn't bring him so that you can talk to him about sin. We went out of our way. We went went out of our way. We did everything to bring him to you, but you are addressing his sin. See, Jesus wants to deal with the root cause of every issue in our lives. If you go to a physician, he's not treating the symptom. He's treating the root cause. And Jesus, the great physician, he looks at this man, x-rays him from top to bottom, and he realizes that he has to deal with the issue of his heart, with the issue of his soul, before he deals with the issue of his body. So Jesus addresses that. But he's gracefully handling it. Like a surgeon who uses his scalpel. Like a surgeon who uses his knife with precision. Jesus says, son, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven. Praise the Lord. Quite often we want to deal only with the things that meets the eye. Unless we have the eye of Jesus, we cannot see what he sees. And if we are only dealing with what's on the external, we can only do a patch up work with lives. And what does this? It only gives a temporary solution. Jesus wanted to deal with the in-depth issue of this man. The physical ailment is important, but the physical ailment is locked within the time. In other words, the physical ailment is locked within the time. There is a duration for it. But the spiritual need of man is locked into eternity physically if he's healed or not healed one day he will slip into eternity every one of us are locked into time capsule at the same time you and I are also locked into eternity there is a spirit man within us whose need ought to be addressed because you and I would live for eternity with or without God And so Jesus looks into the man and says, you know what? There is an area in you that I need to deal with before I do anything else. Praise God. Hallelujah. Son, be of good cheer. Sins are forgiven. Paul quotes the psalmist. And he says, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whom the Lord will not impute sin. In other words, happy is the man who knows that his sin is forgiven. Let me ask you a question, my friend. Have you experienced this happiness in your life? If we don't experience this happiness in our life, it can weigh us down. You can be the strongest man on earth. You could be an athlete. You could be the most powerful man on earth. You could probably zoom by. You could be probably Mr. Bolt, praise the Lord. But if this area of our life is not dealt with, we could be carrying something so heavy that it will just weigh us down. There are lots of people in the world who seems to be successful from outside. They put a big smile on the outside, but deep down they are pleading They might be running around, but deep down their spirits are sagging. They are sad and disappointed. They are depressed, praise the Lord, because the weight of the sin, the guilt of sin is weighing them down. And Jesus wants to deal with the issue of sin in every one of our lives. Why? Not to because he wants to kill our joy, but he wants you and me to truly taste what real happiness is. Praise the Lord. When the Bible says, blessed is the man whose sins are forgiven, the Bible means happy is the man whose sins have been taken care. And God wants every one of us to be in that state of happiness. Praise the Lord. Knowing, praise God, that we are free. Knowing that nothing will bog us down. Knowing that when this time capsule expires we usher into an eternity with the one that lives forever praise the Lord hallelujah the paralytic in this picture in this particular passage is a picture of every man woman without Christ helpless and hopeless both helpless and hopeless what do you mean helpless because this man can do nothing to help himself hopeless because there is no hope to his plight and that's a picture of every every person without Jesus he cannot get himself to Jesus neither can he help himself in his predicament. This is the plight of every man, woman without Jesus because this is how Paul puts in both Romans and Ephesians. Romans 5, 6, we all know this. For when we were without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Ephesians two twelve. at that time, you were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope. Without God in the world, that is the plight of everyone. Without Jesus, that was our plight before. But thank God, today we are not in that state. And if there is anyone who's listening to me who doesn't have that assurance, who doesn't have the joy, the feeling of being happy because your sins are atoned for, praise God. Hallelujah. I want to give you an invitation. Come to Jesus and have your life totally, radically changed. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Like this man, there are many people who are not walking because, not because they are paralyzed, but they are paralyzed by guilt over sin, over a series of sin and failures in their lives. Although many are walking physically, there are many who cannot walk with the Lord in good cheer because of sin and guilt in their lives. God doesn't want any one of us to live with guilt, no matter what it is that has been transpired in the past, Today, you can come to the foot of the cross and God can give you a new lease to your life. Praise God. Physically, we might be fine. We can be running around. But let me ask you spiritually, are you paralyzed? Are you immobile? Is the weight of sin weighing you down? The guilt of sin weighing you down? If so, today is the day that Jesus can do, fix you. Praise the Lord. Bring about healing and redemption in your life. For Jesus, to physically touch this man and heal him, he simply had to speak a word. But to forgive him, Jesus had to pay a big price. Praise the Lord. To forgive us, Jesus had to give himself up on the cross. Have you ever thought about it? Quite often, we only want to think about the surface. In order to forgive our sins, Jesus, the source of life, the giver of life, the one who said, I am the life, laid up his life on the cross. The Bible says Jesus tasted death on the cross. Praise the Lord. Do you know what it is to Haste death, praise the Lord. The source of life, the giver of life, the embodiment of life laid down his life so that you and I can have forgiveness of our sin. Jesus paid the price so that you and I can experience what true happiness is. Praise the Lord. The state of being blessed, not only confined to time and space. Praise God. But even when we usher out of this hallelujah world, we can experience that blissful experience. Hallelujah. Once Jesus dealt with his inner ish. Then Jesus tells him, get up, take up your bed, and walk. Praise the Lord. So Jesus deals with both our spiritual aspect of life and our physical aspect of life. He wants to deal with our spiritual challenges and our physical challenges. Jesus wants to address every arena of our lives, but the priority is, praise the Lord, the inner man. Quite often, the external becomes an avenue and a passage for God to intervene in our lives. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Many that cannot be become accessible to God, becomes accessible to Him, praise the Lord. When they go through situations in their lives, God can touch any one of us anywhere, anytime. But to receive that touch, there is an element in us where we have to make ourselves open for God to do a work in our lives. And quite often the season of trial and fire and challenges in our life becomes an access for God to do a greater deeper lasting work in our life and it is my prayer if any one of you is going through a roller coaster experience in your life uh, make yourself available for him so that his work can be done completely and thoroughly in you so that God's purpose is fulfilled in you that's very interesting when you check verse 2. It says that after seeing their faith Jesus said to this man your sins are forgiven. Seeing whose faith? This man's faith? No. The four fellows. The four fellows when Jesus saw their faith he told this man your sins are forgiven. Let me repeat this. Jesus looked up, saw their faith, and looked into this man and told him, Your sins are forgiven. Praise the Lord. Let me ask you have our faith moved from the unseen to the seen realm? Number two, have our faith been Activated. Do you know that your faith can have hands and feet? Your faith can have voice. Praise the Lord. Quite often, we just contain ourselves and make ourselves dormant and stagnant and inactive. If you're part of the body of Christ, your life starts by having faith in Jesus. But the faith in Jesus is a starter. Praise the Lord. In other words, that faith ought to be active. Activated in every round of our lives. If you have to receive anything of God, you have to activate your faith. Just like we have reminded before, there is one mode of transaction that brings heaven down to earth, brings heaven down to you and me. It is faith. Praise the Lord. Heaven recognizes faith and honors faith. You can have God on your side working on your behalf when your faith is activated. But it is not just simply for ourselves. When I got saved, I believed in Jesus, repented of my sin, and behold, I got the gift of life eternal. Praise the Lord. I have accessed it. I got it through faith. But it is not simply that it's over. But in life, you have to press on and... And you have to appropriate the promises of God by faith. But don't stay there. Even as you're appropriating the firm promises of God for yourself. Remember, your faith ought to be activated to such a degree that it affects and touches and influences lives around you. Listen. When was the last time your faith was activated for someone else's sake? Jesus looked at their faith and spoke to this man saying that your sins have been forgiven and you're healed. Jesus was moved by their faith. Does your faith move heaven on behalf of someone else? Praise the Lord. Will your faith usher Jesus for someone else? Will your faith usher someone to Jesus? Praise the Lord. Thank God for friends who would go on limb for us. Praise the Lord. How can we overlook the act of these four friends? They represent any one of us was a burden for a family member A friend, a neighbor, a coworker, Anybody Praise God Let me ask you Are you activating your faith? Listen It takes faith To bring someone to Jesus It takes faith To tell someone about Jesus It takes faith To bring someone to the church. It does. It does. Let me ask you have you been activating your faith? What have you been doing? Praise God. Imagine these four fellows their commitment, their resolve, their unity as they work together to bring this needy man to Jesus. How could we do something in a practical way? By activating our faith and making a difference in someone's life. Anything that we do for Jesus, we have to take a check of ourselves and ask ourselves, is there an element of selfishness in it? God honors unselfish act of service for Jesus. What does that mean? Does that mean that, oh, I don't care about myself, I don't care about my family? That's not what we're talking about. Anything that you do for yourself, ask yourself is there an iota of selfishness in it? In other words, given the same situation, if that selfish element is not there, would you act? When you emulate the Father, when you emulate Jesus, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. Meaning, there was no God-like element in me, in us. But Jesus, in order to make us godly, praise the Lord, he reached out to the ungodly in the state of ungodliness. And so our efforts and our endeavors and our pro- projects should be bathed in unselfishness. Praise the Lord. When it is based in unselfishness, you push into a realm that activates the power of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Quite often it is the I factor in us that withholds the power of God to move into the arenas that we are operating into. But when we become unselfish like him, in other words, selfless like him, you will see the power of God being manifested in the arenas of our endeavors for him. Praise the Lord. Four operating together. That's very hard. Now listen. To activate our own faith, it's one thing. But to get four people Like the four fingers. Look at my four fingers. Are they all looking the same? Four fellows. Think about it. I am sure nobody just picked them out of a line. Say one, two, three, four, you four. You look healthy. You look the same, same height, same weight. You guys are good for this project. No. So imagine four fellows, probably four different heights. One of them probably strong, the other probably not that strong. One probably very tall, and the other fellow short. But these four fellows have to operate together, and quite often God puts us in a place with people who are not same. And but there is this trust in Jesus that would enable us to override our differences. See, you look around. There are differences in us. And God has made us like that. Someday we'll speak about it. I want to talk about it. Our IQ levels are different. Where did you get it from? Our looks are different. Where did you get it from? Our abilities are different. Where did you get it from? Our strengths are different. Where did you get it from? You think you got it from somewhere? But then God has put all of us in the body of Christ. And he puts us, he gives us a project. And we work together to bring God's glory. These four fellows They had faith, but they had to adjust themselves to carry this fellow to Jesus. The problem is we are not willing to adjust ourselves so that God's power and glory can be manifested on the lives of the needy because we are strong headed in our own ways. And unless we become flexible Praise the Lord. We cannot operate in the realm that God wants us to operate. And we cannot come together when ask God to operate on our issues of life. These four fellows. Imagine. They coming together. Trying to get through and can't get through. And so one of them says. Well if we are not going to cut through we are going to go over it. The other three has to agree. There has to be an agreement for this to happen. So imagine, I don't know how they got on top. I don't know if there was a stair that led up to the roof. I don't know. I don't know if they used a ladder, but either way, it was not an easy task because they have to present this fellow in one piece to Jesus. So they are carrying this fellow the four of them has to adjust themselves. Maybe the tallest fellow in there probably had to go down a little bit. The shortest fellow probably had to pump himself higher. Maybe the weakest of fellow, he was facing more, more, more pressure on his shoulder. But they four managed to bring him to Jesus. Jesus looked and he saw their faith. This morning, when Jesus is looking at you, can he see faith in you? Can you see faith in you? Praise the Lord. Whatever area that you're working for, Jesus, is it prompted by faith? I'm telling you, if it is prompted by faith, pretty soon it will be propelled by faith. Listen, prompted by faith is the first step. But what happens is propelled by faith is the power from above, praise the Lord, propels us, giving us Power, praise God. To rise from where you are to where God wants us to be. That is why it is important that we are prompted by faith. Praise God. And when you take that first step of faith, there is a propulsion that takes place which is powered not by batteries, but powered by supercharger By the Spirit of God Taking you into a new realm And seeing the power of God Activated on the very platform That you want God to come through Praise the Lord Hallelujah Hallelujah Faith Praise God Let's pray Lord Let my faith find hands and feet Let my faith become vocal Let my faith become practical. Let my faith become reality. Let not my faith be Hebrews 11 1 stuck in the first page of the Bible, but let that faith walk into my life. Let it activate me. Let it highly expand my horizon. Let it expand my thinking. Let it expand my outlook. Help me to see beyond with the telescope of faith. Praise God. And to realize that I touched base. Through with Jesus Through faith by grace But there is another realm That God wants us to climb And I want to take Make endeavors That would make difference in life Praise God While all these things are going on Jesus looks around There is another group there They are the critics In In their heart They are questioning They're saying, it's blasphemy, man. This is nonsense. This is crap. Praise the Lord. If Jesus encountered such people, you and I will too. Praise the Lord. But regardless of these guys being present there, it did not stop the four fellows from doing things for Jesus. How far can you go for Jesus? Praise God. May you and I go as far as we can. Praise God. And heaven be impressed by how far we go on the legs of faith. Praise God. Jesus looked at these guys, their unbelief. They were just simply interested in maintaining power, but they were not interested in meeting the needs Of this paralytic man While the men with faith They were interested in meeting The need of this man These guys were simply Sitting around Commenting and being critical Praise the Lord Finally there is another group of people there The Bible says as this passage ends, they glorified God Praise the Lord They glorified God Listen what what the Bible says in the last part But when the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God, which had given such power unto man. In other words, these guys were so impressed that they started giving glory. Now it's good to give glory to God. We all should give glory to God. When we see the power of God manifested in spiritual realm and in physical realm, we should give glory to God. But let me tell you, let me ask you. Would you rather be a person who simply gives glory to God? Or would you be in a place where you ushers the glory of God? Praise God. It's good to be in a place where you see the power of God and give glory to God. But why don't we become agents, praise God, of faith? That would usher the glory of God. And that's what God wants us to be in. He wants us to be people who bring people to Jesus. And how can you do that? How can you bring others to Jesus? Think about practical ways of bringing people to Jesus. Don't be simply content with your status quo. Look around, guys. Look around. In the church today, do you see anyone that doesn't know Jesus? And if you don't see anyone that don't know Jesus, when was the last time we brought someone to Jesus? When was the last time you prayed someone to get saved? When was the last time you went out of your way to get someone to Jesus? Praise the Lord. Maybe you cannot say things, but you can bring someone to someone else who can talk about Jesus. Yes, we all can do something. Practically, what can you do? Can you bring a friend to the house of God? Can you sit with that person throughout the service? Can you take him out for breakfast and then bring him to church? Or can you invite someone and say, hey, I want to take you out to lunch today. But before we eat to lunch, would you come for that one hour service that we have in the church? Praise God. Or you say, let's go out for breakfast in the morning. And and after breakfast, can you come with me for an hour to the church? Only thing is don't go out for breakfast and cut out the service. The other day I was talking to somebody and I said, hey, where were you? I was out there. And Dunkin' Donuts having coffee with someone just lost track of time. That should not happen to us. Praise God. You know, we have to be focused. Focused on what? Focused on the purpose of God. And don't get, don't get all bent out of shape when you hear someone talking about sin because that's the most important thing. God loves us enough to die for it. Don't you think that we ought to talk about it to get them out of it? Praise God. Sometimes you want to be so politically correct that we rather see someone go down the drain. No, 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 no. We cannot be. We ought to pick the tap from Jesus who used sensitivity and sense and grace. up, fellow, your sins are forgiven. Shall we rise up before the Lord? One moment. If you need a touch from Jesus He is here this morning He wants you to experience the blessed state Of knowing that your sins are erased It's forgiven No one has to carry the burden of sin and guilt Because Jesus carried it on the cross Today, he wants you to be scot-free. He wants you to enjoy life to the utmost meaning. He wants you to be happy knowing that your sins are washed away. If you don't have the assurance of your sins being forgiven, today, Jesus is reaching out to you with a custom-cut word saying, Cheer up. Cheer up. I can make a difference in your life. I can test the very root cause of your problem. I can fix that area in our life that no one else can fix. Maybe you feel it's an unreachable area, but God's hand can reach where no one's hand can reach. God can do a deeper work in you this morning. Only thing that you have to do is say, Lord, here am I. Here am I. And if there is anyone watching, hearing me over the telecast, I want to tell you, my friend, God wants you to experience bliss, happiness in a way that you have never known before. It is available through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ can wipe away the sins and the guilt of your sins. No matter what it is, this morning He can forgive your sins and you can have a new lease to life. Would you tell Him to touch you? Would you come to Him? And allow him to do a greater, deeper work in you. And if you need to reach out to any one of us, reach out to us. We will come by your side and we'll pray with you. My friend, I want to ask you. Is your faith activated? When was the last time you stirred up your faith? When was the last time you appropriated something through faith? When was the last time you ventured out in faith? When was the last time you stepped out in faith? When was the last time you operated together with a team by faith? Let me ask you, as a body of Christ, as a church, we are mapping out programs for this coming year. I want the leaders to listen to this very carefully. As you map out your programs for the year, will you spend some time with Jesus? Coffee and cake and cookies are good, but linger in the presence of God. Ask Him, Lord, give us the faith to make a difference in the lives of people that we minister. Ask Him, Lord, as a team. Help us to do a faith venture this year. Not a repeat of what we did last year. Not just doing a program for the sake of program. Lord, I want my faith to be activated. And as a team, when we work together, we want to see the fruit of our labor as we operate together in faith. Would you say that? This is a journey of faith. This is a journey of faith. Think out of the box. Think different. Think godly thoughts. Praise God. And attempt something different for Him. May you be prompted by faith. All it takes is one person. Would you be that one person? Be that one person. Who brings an idea that came straight from the throne room of God? Praise God. Yes. When you linger in His presence and you ask God, God, what should we do as a team this year? He will drop an idea into your spirit. Praise God. That can flare up. That can become a trailblazer. That can become a difference, not only in your life, but it will touch so many lives, impact so many lives, that it will create a domino effect, that it will create a roller coaster experience, that it will set a place to life. Align yourself to His mind. Praise God. Hallelujah. If that means climbing the roof, climb the roof. If it means removing the roof, remove the roof. If it means dropping someone in before Jesus, do that. If it means going into the neighborhood and reaching out to someone, do that. If it means bringing a friend to church, do that. If it means calling a friend at home and saying, let's have lunch together, dinner together and share Jesus, do that. Think, think what God wants you to do. May heaven look at us and says, wow, I see your faith. I'm going to do something for that person. Amen. I don't know which part of this message ministered to you. Which your part did? Would you lift your heart up to Jesus? Lift your heart up to Jesus. Connect with him. Talk to him for a moment. Don't let the moment go by without connecting to him. He wants you to activate your faith. He wants you to be the shaker. He wants you to be the mover. He wants you to be propelled. Propelled. Praise the Lord. Moving through Jesus. And if you are that person, you want to make that commitment. I want you to lift both your hands up to heaven as a sign of surrender and saying, Lord, I'm available. My hands are available. My intelligence is available. My thoughts are available. My voice is available. My whole being is available I want to be activated for your glory I love to see the glory manifested But I want to be the person That would manifest That would usher the glory of God Lord Jesus we humble ourselves before you Lord I want to be that person That would take that faith venture. That would operate in faith. That would activate the faith in you, in me. Praise God and I yield myself to you. As we sing, we will sing to the Lord and we will yield our lives to you.